Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your hosts, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is your number one source for all your sports betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash here with legendary 76ers point guard Eric Snow and my brother Tasia Dash. Guys, we've gotten to all-star break, so it's going to be a fun weekend of festivities. Uh, we got our guy Maxie in the All-Star Game, of course. Um, yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Uh, that they, I believe it's in Indiana, uh, Indianapolis this weekend. Um, Eric, uh, any thoughts from a player's point of view? Is uh, Indianapolis a, a popping spot? I mean, you guys played against the Pacers and stuff. Is that, is that a good is that a good spot for an All-Star Game? It's not the sexiest I mean, location. It's, 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 the, it's a good spot for an All-Star Game if you are, you know, a fan of the festivities because everything you stay downtown, everything is right there. Um, the jam session, all the events and the arena. And if they may have some in the stadium, like it's all in the same, you know, central location. Um, as far as happening and partying and all that, now that's probably a different perspective for some people. <laughs> um, but sometimes the all-star game isn't necessarily about where it is. It's just about who's there and who you're kicking it with. So you can you can have a great time, um, even if the city isn't necessarily popping like other cities. But in Indianapolis definitely is a convenience, um, definitely a convenience good place um, as far as getting around and moving and and limiting your time sitting in a car or something like that. Um, so it's, it's it's a good place to have it. I wouldn't say it's a good place to have it a lot. Yeah. I thought you were going to say it's a good venue to have it if you didn't go to the All-Star, if you didn't make the All-Star team. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's, 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 I mean, like I said, if, you know, if I'm taking my boys, my younger boys there, it would be convenient because yeah. you, everything is right there. A lot of stuff is connected. Um, you don't have to walk outside sometimes depending on where you're going. So from that standpoint, it, works that's cool yeah some of the guys uh what was the um was a comment that doc had yesterday after the milwaukee bucks game some of those guys aren't going to any indianapolis they're already in cabo right now (laughs) you see that eric yeah that's common that's very that's very common um very common um comment is like guys are already on vacation like it, it we used to be in the locker room and actually Saying like, dude, let's play the game before everybody go on vacation. Like, let's win. <laughs> let's get a win before we go on vacation. Like that was that's a it was with us. That was like a topic of conversation. Like, let's you know, let's not give away a game because everybody's already on break. Mm. Um, and and that was sort of it was more of a concern for us because our breaks were so short compared to how they are now. Um, you would play Wednesday or Thursday, and you had practice Monday. Wow. 
they, they used to do yeah. us a favor and say, well, you couldn't practice before noon on Monday. No, that's <laughs> not as crazy like that. <laughs> and if you had a um, some an all-star, then you had to move your practice back, you know, to maybe 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock or something like that. Um, but, yeah, we played on Tuesday. I mean, it was, it was many times I played on Thursday and played Tuesday. Wow. So it wasn't really a break. I mean, like a mini you break. think you get a break, but you really you don't really feel like one. So the schedules are different. That's when, you know, the last lockout, the players fought for that that time off and the, and they get, you know, longer season. So it's a long calendar season for the, for the, for the NBA season. And that's why it's such a fight for guys sitting out games because that was yeah. Yeah. something that yeah. was talked about the last lockout as far as extending the season. The All-Star break is longer and fewer back-to-backs, um, no four game in five nights. Um, which we had two or three or three or four in the season when I played. Um, they don't have them. They don't have them at all now. They and they rarely, if they, if any, um, three and four nights. So we can look at Sixers schedule. I mean, I, I can probably guess that they don't have more than one or two of those. Like those were regular. The, the four and five nights were rough, man. We, you could play a Tuesday, Wednesday. It was nothing for, to play a. A Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. It's Nothing too much. That, to happen. that was like, that's that's common. Two back to back in like a week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could play a Friday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday. So, like, guys back then didn't even like, didn't even consider just rest days. It wouldn't even be considered. You guys ever really talk no, about you, it? Amongst you, 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 no, it wasn't like if you didn't have an injury, like it was like wasn't gonna happen. Like guys didn't do it. But the difference is, guys were you know certain guys you were risking, like you you kind of felt like you were cheating your team if you didn't play. But more than anything, like if you look at training camp and practice, like our training camps. The two days lasted the whole month, like the whole month when I first started. So it was like you didn't really you were happy to play games because it was like we don't have to practice as much. And and like yeah. during the season, if we practiced, like we had a real practice. Like if we didn't have games, we had a day off. Or if we had a game and we came in for practice like we had a real practice like it wasn't just walk through shoot around like we were practicing yeah so guys you going through all of that then you're not gonna not sit you know, just sit down if you're um hurt i mean if you're you're not if you can play but in this in this different just different time and different expectations that's why i say that i don't put it all on the players because yeah it's coaches management organizations the team like they all in agreement to do it like this because yep. if a player, and there was a lot of players that like, man, I'm injured, I can't play. And the team was like, man, he can play. The doctor, the doctor cleared him. He like, I can't play. So you had a lot of that going on, but it was all that dispute was always about some form of an injury and how serious the injury was or yes. how he felt about an injury. It was never he's not man. injured with just getting him time off. Like that, like that didn't exist. Only time that existed was at the end of the season, you would see, see teams start doing that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, once they kind of, you know, made their playoff spot or, you know, got their seed or whatever, you would start seeing teams pull back players. 
And, and the reason why is because the playoffs started so fast after the season. So I believe now it's the, the last games of Sunday and the playoffs that start Saturday or the play-in start a little early for some teams. But the teams that make the playoff, I think it's Sunday to Saturday. For us, it was like Wednesday and you could play Saturday. So it was it was really quick turnaround. So you would see guys kind of at the end of the year take days off because they know that playoff turnaround was really quick. Yeah. And you, I mean, you played through arguably just different eras, period. So um, did you, I know you didn't, I don't think you made it to the point where the load management was in full effect at that point in 07, 08. But did you start to see kind of a shift in that? And like guys when I was playing, you started seeing I think the Spurs and Popnum was like the first ones to start doing it and getting called out for it. Yeah. And and it was really only because they were doing it in the top games. Um, but I believe I was gone when that really, really went down. I think I was yeah. on my way out. Yeah. Um because that 0708 was, was really that was 11, 12 ish was when they started doing that, I think, 13 or something. Yeah. So you've seen, you've seen people do it, but not like healthy scratches didn't really exist in, except for like later in, the, like I said, later in the season. Like you just, it didn't exist. Now you may have a guy that got injured and he was clear to play and they may play him and then he set out a game, but it's still about that injury. It's not just, a guy just it's a back to back, so I'm gonna just sit one of these games. Yeah, it's just they just did it different. I mean, they do it different now. So I don't think guys, I know guys that, the guys that I know, yeah, the, the guys that I know that I played with, I have a relationship with, um, wouldn't be complaining. Nobody would be complaining if we were allowed to do that. If we were allowed to have low management, it, it would be zero complaints. Mm-hmm. So guys are getting – if you see a lot of older guys complain, most of them that have complained to me was that they they feel that the guy should rather want to play games and set out the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like sit out practice. Like just don't practice. Just play the game and don't practice. Yeah. Um, that that's the part for it's a lot of older guys. It's hard for them to understand. Like, you know, it's eighty-two games. If you're healthy, then you play. But if you aren't, then that's different. That you, you were not comparing healthy versus unhealthy. It's the healthy scratches. Mm-hmm. Um, that that, that you know, it's hard. I, I haven't. I don't. I don't really take an opinion on it. But I'm just saying, like guys that are very voiceful, and in, in, in this on this. Um, and usually it's guys that are older than me that played through different circumstances. A Real lot stuff. of the, you know, when I came in the league, when I came into the league, it was all it was charter flights. A lot of these guys didn't go, didn't have charter flights. Um, so on back to backs, they had to get up early in the morning, catch a plane, catch a plane, fly to that city, and then and then play. Yeah, so yeah. most of them, they have no understanding of a guy just sitting out to rest. Like they have zero understanding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I understand that. So, and I'm like, well, yeah, I guess it's different. <laughs> yeah. And that's what that's where that's why I've just come to the realization that it's just it's not all the players. It's just 
can't be all done. It was early two tens uh, when it started, and the first time yeah, they ever got fined, first time they ever got yeah. fined for it was two thousand twelve. They got fined two hundred fifty thousand for arresting all four players against the Heat. Yeah, that was a big deal. It was like that was like a, a middle finger to the league almost. Yep. Yep. They called it uh what did they say? A disservice to the league and their fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Talking about the, that was um, one that was that was the one when he not only did he sit him out, but he flew him back. To San I didn't see that in that article, but that's great. Yeah. Um, one of them games he supposedly flew him back so they wouldn't so they wouldn't come and try to make him play. Make him oh man. Wow. Pop. Petty pop. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know if that was after after all that, so I don't know. Yeah, our uh, schedule following the All-Star break, just uh, talking about this conversation, having breaks and stuff. So coming off the break, we go Knicks, uh, Cavs, back-to-back. We're off Saturday, then we play the Bucks on Sunday, and then we're off Monday, and then we play the Celtics Tuesday. So we, we have four games in six nights. That's kind of a throwback. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully yeah. our hopefully our team is healthy by that point. Uh obviously outside of that. So you said we played it. We played who who do we play? The Knicks, the Cavs, the Bucks, and the Celtics? Yeah. I'll, I'll play off the top, top four teams. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, you're that's, right. Four that's, games. The that's the schedule. The schedule. Yeah. That's the schedule. Four mm-hmm. games and six nights. New York, Cleveland, Milwaukee, Boston. Oh wow, that is all home games besides the Boston game. That's brutal, man. <laughs> well, well, I read that we we have the ninth the hardest schedule coming out of the uh, uh, All Star break in the league. So this that that would make sense looking at this these four games. And then we get the rest three days and play Charlotte. There you why, go. Why couldn't they mix Charlotte in there somewhere? But you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So. A nice little throwback for those guys having to play right, right out the gate. Um, so uh, since our last show, we've officially signed Kyle Lowry. This is a we're kind of speculation. Um, so one roster spot down, two to go. And as we expected, we brought back Philly's own Kyle Lowry. Uh, now there's some speculation here that Lowry is going to start when he's active. So I have a couple questions for you guys. Uh, what do you think Lowry brings to this squad? And what do you make about Kyle Lowry possibly starting next to Maxi when he's uh, healthy and available? Um, well, I mean, I, I mean, I think I've spoken with it um, when we had Pat. I didn't think it was a move that was necessary. Um, now that Pat is gone, the veteran influence, veteran experience, um, veteran locker room experience, um, so I, I, it's definitely needed especially as we keep as it appears every time you watch we appear to be younger and in, in, in our guys that are playing mm-hmm. um so definitely helps um from that perspective um we know who Kyle is for his career as far as starting this one's tough because I don't think I think this I don't think the starting is because he's a better option as much as I think he's, it's a better option for him to be a starter over a reserve. So I don't necessarily think that 
it's the best option for, like I said, for us as, you know, as, as a Sixers team, I'm not sure if that, I'm, I'm not certain if that's the best option, but I do think from Kyle's perspective, it, it may be better for him to be a starter than come off the bench and you kind of need a different kind of energy and stuff coming off the bench. It's not always easy for a lot of guys. And he was playing 28 minutes a game with Miami. It's, you know, for that, yeah, he had me playing straight 30s for the past like 10 years. Um, so starting now or starting when we have everyone back, it might be a little different there, right? Starting now, playing 25, 30 minutes a game a night while we have all these injuries, I think, sure, I think that's a great, great plan. Yeah, I mean, I, I, was, assume, I was assuming when everyone's back, yes. So you're saying you're saying the whole start, even when everyone's back, yeah. possibly. I, I was saying in 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 retrospect of everyone playing outside okay. of maybe Joel, yeah. Um, I mean, I agree with you. I, I think even if he does start, I don't want to see him playing 28, 28, 30 minutes a night. I mean, he's what thirty seven, almost thirty eight actually. Um, I don't want his legs to be jello by the playoffs. So I like to keep his minutes in the. 18 max 25 range to be effective for the playoffs. Um, I'd be okay starting them. I just don't. Who are we starting them over? Like you're benching Melton, you're benching Heald. You're putting, you're bringing those guys off the bench now. So it's like, that's what I'm saying. That's why I said I don't, I don't think it's necessarily better for us. It's better for him though. Yeah. Um, I mean, and you, and, and what are you going to do? You going to play him off the ball? You going to take so Maxie's an all star, and we going to take him off the ball? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. I think it just makes more sense to bring him off the bench. That way you can just start staggering your lineups. Um, have him in there playing soul point guard without Maxi. Have him playing there a little with Maxi. Just to kind of mix it up a little bit. Um, and the way Heald's been playing, I, I don't think he could bench him either. And Melton's been a starter. And it's not like he was playing poorly before he went down. So, you know, to, to bench him for Lowry, it's, it wouldn't it'd be kind of weird. Um, but as far as, you know, what he brings, yeah, leadership, toughness. I think you named it all in that one. Um, we, we knew that him and Beverly had a little redundancy with the way they played. Um, he, he has a little versatility. I, I don't know what his uh, defensive rating was this year, um, but he always had a knack for guarding guys that were slightly bigger than him too. So, you know, he's not necessarily like a, a defensive weakness by any means. Um, and shooting around 39% this year, only four and a half attempts. So he'll get a lot of open looks uh, when all the guys are back between Embiid, Maxi, Tobias, and Buddy. And if he keeps hitting 39%, I mean, we might go from one of the bottom three-point shooting teams to one of the top three-point shooting teams. Yeah, and also he came into the, um, the season like in the best shape in the best shape of his career. So those were some of the quotes I read um, coming into the season because, you know, a lot of people make fun of him for his, his you know, being kind of, you know, being a little husky uh, and people, you know, make fun of him for that. He came in this, uh, this year like in the best shape, he said, so. Um, and he was shooting around 40% from three this year. So, like, I mean, sounds like a good fit. But I think if he comes back, Melton's coming back from his injury. Maybe maybe they say he's starting out while Melton kind of gets, you know, ramped up in kind of more game shape. Yeah. I don't know. And then Melton takes, overtakes the job. But I don't know. They're going to play around with it and see what works best. Yeah. But so you're saying that Buddy do, – do we all agree that Buddy's more of a two than he is a three? Is that I mean? Because at this rate, so if if Lowry does start, it'd be Lowry, Maxi, and then Buddy at three, is that is that what like you would think it would go with? He played three in Indiana. No, I wouldn't necessarily say he's more of a 
three than the two. I think those are, and nowadays are almost the same position. Um, when you see a guy that's playing two, but he, you know, you think KCP from Denver, who's a two, but he could, he's going to guard the one, two, yeah. three, you know, yeah. so it really, like, I, I think I've told you guys before, the position is really about who you guard more to, more so than what you play on the offensive end. Mm. Um, you know, so if we, you know, it's, it's who you guarding. So yeah. if we're playing, you know, Boston, you know, who's going to guard who? That That's going to kind of determine what you are. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah. You know. Um, Jalen Brown was listed as I know last year Jalen Brown was listed as the guard and Tatum was the forward. But if you watch him play, you think Tatum's the guard and Brown's the forward. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so continuing with Buddy Hields, we haven't really had an episode where we kind of, uh, you know, praise Buddy Hields' play so far in Philadelphia. Uh, but so far, Buddy looks amazing, uh, averaging 22 points a game, four rebounds, seven and a half assists, almost two steals, and shooting 45% from three on 10 attempts per game. He also had his career high in assists uh, in a single game already, and it's just his third game with us. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. But, um, Obviously, we hope uh, MB gets better to come back to play with Buddy. Um, and recently, Buddy said some stuff about Embiid, uh, saying, quote, Joel Embiid's a guy that controls the whole game, and he controls the game in a positive way. Whether it's slow or fast, I'm excited to adjust to that. But when that time comes, you know, you need a short period of time because you need to adjust. That's the fun part of being a professional. It's always a new challenge, so I'm up for it. So, so far, I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on Buddy? Um, and also, how do you see him adjusting when uh, Embiid returns? Well, I mean, his game um, travels because of his ability to shoot the ball. So it travels. I mean, he can fit in almost any system. It comes down to the the details of how he's going to get his shots, um, how efficient he is, and if the team is kind of making him more of a focus. I think with Joel out, he's, he's becoming more of a focus, um, handling the ball more than I expected. Yeah. Um, so I know that that'll be that right there is is where I think it'll be different when Joel comes back. Um him handling the ball as much. Um so but the shots, I mean, I think that comes down to nursing his staff finding it finding more ways in to get him more shots. So I don't think the shots should ever go down. Um but Maybe the ball handling responsibilities will, but so I think he'll he'll adjust because his ability. Because like I say, his game travels. He can he can move it move it around because of his ability to knock it down. So we're going to be getting him, you know, uh, mid season or beyond mid season, uh, at least with MB at the same time, because of his shooting and his skill set. That's how it's so much easier for him to transition with MB than it would be for like someone like. Getting hard in like midseason, right? I mean, I, I it would because a guy like Buddy, you can call plays for him, but it's not sets where he is just holding the ball or the off. He's making the play. He can just be receiving the ball and knock down shots. So you can have action with him and Joel, and Joel have the ball. 
instead of him having the ball. You can you can initiate different ways to get him involved. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you got to be a little creative as far as getting him shots and not just depend on Joel or Maxie making a play and getting him shots because t- I mean, teams are going to be locked in to him as a shooter. Yeah. So they're not going to, especially as you get close to the playoffs and in the playoffs, they're not going to give him clean looks. So it has to be some form of creativity to get him some shots um, when Joel was back and, and we're, we're at full throttle. They need to start watching a film on the old uh, JJ Redick uh, and beat. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. So you you have to get him shots. Sort of in the same way with with JJ. I think that um, and Curry, JJ was great coming off of those down screens a lot and a lot of that action. Um, where I think Buddy is a little, not a little. He's more of a risk taker as far as shot selection, more so than JJ was. So um, he'll 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 take more shots. He'll take more challenging shots. Um, so I don't think we, he needs to be in a situation where he's always seeking the shot. I, I think the team got to help him. The coach has got to help him. The players got to make it a point of emphasis also to get him good looks. Also funny too, JJ Rag 6'3", Buddy Hills is at a 6'4", but when you look at them on the court, it just buddy looks so much taller than JJ Reddick does. Well, he is taller, least. but they they measure they, but they measure now bare your your height is barefoot. It wasn't mm. then. Uh okay. So he's probably like two inches taller than him then. He's probably one or one and a half or something like one that. Half, yeah. Um well, I think his minutes will come down a bit. He's playing like thir- insane 39 minutes per game right now. I don't think that's gonna keep up all year, especially when we get all of our depth back. Um I think his points per game will come down a little bit. I don't think he'll be averaging 22, 23 the rest of the season, especially when you have Embiid and Tobias back full-time. Um, I don't think his three-point attempts will go down that much. He's at 10 a game right now. I think he probably goes more to closer to his, like, his, his uh, career average. I think his career average is around like 8 or 9. Yeah, 7.7. I think it'll go around 8. I think his – I think the ease of his shot selection will, will – go up a lot. I think his shots will become a lot because he's taking some tough ones because he's having to create most of his shots right now. Uh, I think he'll have a lot more open catch-and-shoot opportunities when he has Embiid and Tobias in the court at the same time. Um, Yeah, I'd say the transition should be pretty easy for him as opposed to some other playing style players because it just, you know, while he gets really infiltrated and and, and gets that groove with Embiid, he could just, you know, take what the defense gives him and have open shots when 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 it's there and a dribble handoff here and there, a down screen here and there, and until you start calling stuff up for him. And it's like Buddy's not a ball hog at all, so he can make an impact by just hitting open threes. Um, you know, just taking those while he gets, you know, more of a groove with them. Um, yeah, I don't think it'll be that difficult. I mean, easier said than done, but um, I also just love his attitude. Just talking about him, how many good things he said about Philly, and uh, you know. I, most guys say a lot of really nice things when they go to a new city when they get acquired. It just seems to me that like Buddy's been wanting to come here for a long time, like a very long time. And from the way he talked to his agent when she called him in the middle of the night, his reaction it was very genuine, and it just seemed like this is where he's want to be for a, 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 quite a while. And I think, I think he fits really, really well. If you take, and I'm counting the Lillard trades, I'm counting all off season. If you take the last year of trades, I might say heel to the Sixers might be the best player slash fit 
trade in the NBA in the last year. And that's with Lillard and Giannis because as great Giannis, I mean, Lillard's obviously the better player, but I don't think he was the better fit. I just think with Buddy's skill set and how good he is, I think it's one of the better trades we've seen in a long time with, with, with what it will translate to. Yeah, I mean, that, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, it's, it's what makes it more of a fit is you look at Dame. I think Dame and Giannis are a good fit. The issue is they gave up Drew Holiday to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Sixers didn't give up a starter to make yeah. that happen. So it's so some of it is it's it's the fit, but it's also you didn't have to give away any of your top eight players to yeah. get a top five player. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So um they gave away their that's, second that's best player was. to get us their second best player. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Whereas here you didn't get that. So I think it's even more so than the fit, it was necessarily getting him and what you had to give up. Yeah. So. Hell of a trade. And that's, that's, and that's why, you know, guys on the end last year, their deal um, expiring contracts are valuable. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. Yeah. But it, yeah. It was so fantastic trade. I see a lot of the um, big Indiana Twitter accounts. They're just saying how much they miss buddy and, how much the offense has not necessarily been hurting, but you just sent to see the difference in the floor spacing and how easy some of those, you know, threes that he was hitting. And, and yeah, it just, it's great to see. Yeah. It's good to see when the former team is missing a player that bad. Well, the, the, the weeks leading up to that trade, they were starting to face him out. Like he was, he was, he was barely getting any minutes. They was getting like 10 to 15 minutes a game, like, like the, the week or two leading up to yeah, the trade. Yeah, that's why I said they started playing the younger guys. They started playing the younger guys who were playing well. And, yeah. um, Brought him a different energy, and and so you kind of seen the writing was on the wall. Um, not necessarily because of how he was playing; it was just the direction the team was going. They were just going younger, and 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 when your best players are younger, then it's easy to do that. And yeah. when they got Siakam, it was really to me that was really what changed it. When they got him, um, you, you yeah, knew they were going to go on the on the youth movement after that i mean why why play in the older guys if mm. you feel the younger guys are close enough yeah and nice is playing really well yeah, yeah that's what i'm saying it's, it's yeah that's yeah. why easier to do that mm. yeah i've always been a big buddy fan loves him in college he was really one probably one of the he, ironically, Reddick and Buddy, two of like the, the most fun like college players in the last like twenty years to to watch. So it's funny we yeah. we've had both of them, and they're going to play the similar type roles with uh, when MB comes back. Um, uh, uh, Keith Pompey, the Philadelphia Inquirer, um, he did a mailbag yesterday, and someone asked him with Daryl Murray clearing uh, with going the to clear the cap space route. Are there any players currently on the team you feel strongly that will stay? or leave in the off season. And he said, I feel strongly about Maxi and healed coming back and, and with Embiid as well. Uh, but I believe Tobias Harris is gone. So he thinks buddy Hill's going to be uh, one of the guys who stays in the squad. Do you guys agree that uh buddy would be one of the guys who does stay with Maxi and Embiid? I have no idea. I mean, I, I, I would think that they want him to come back and I would think that he would want to, you know, I don't know why you would want to leave and you got Maxi and Joel. Yeah. Um, it kind of fits where he's at. So I could see 
him wanting to do that and then them wanting to have him. I mean, it's just it's like Teja said, it's a fit. So, um, but I wouldn't necessarily say Tobias is out because we never, yeah, we never know. Yeah, what he's willing to sacrifice to stay. We don't know that. We don't know what what um, Hield is willing to sacrifice to kind of have a better team. So we don't know. Yeah. yeah. That's the one thing, too, buddies. Be consistent about wanting to come to Philadelphia, writing Instagram posts, like commenting on different things like four years ago. And then when we played Sacramento, I think he went up to Doc, and you could see Doc saying, yeah, we, we, we tried to get you. We tried to get you. You could see him saying that to him <laughs> during a game. So he's uh, finally in Philadelphia. So hopefully he uh, sticks around longer than just the half a season. Yeah. Well, we waited and got him for three seconds. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. I wonder how much we were to give up then to get him, but uh, it wasn't any less than three seconds. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, talking about young guys. Um, so when you're down as many players as the Sixers are currently, you get to see what we have with our young guys. And one of those names is Ricky Council, the fourth. Um, he's someone who's made the most of it, averaging 12 points, four rebounds in 17 minutes played over the last five games with a plus minus of three. Uh, with a positive plus minus in three of those games. Um, I, I got a question. So obviously there's a lot of, you know, Sixers fans, they get, they gravitate towards the young guys. They love the young guys. We love the young guys too, but people are trying to make it. I don't know if they're trying to make it seem like he's better than he is with how he's played so far. But a lot of people are saying we have a, we found a guy who should be getting minutes when everyone is healthy, that he should be seeing more minutes than maybe some guys like a Rocco type when he does come back Covington. Um, do you guys think that, uh, Ricky Council's earn regular minutes when everyone is back and healthy. And do you see him possibly getting a multi-year contract to stick to stick around on the squad? Um, I do see him returning um, on an additional year or so. Kind of depends on how, you know, because I think especially if you're going out and you're getting higher priced um, free agents, then it's going to cut down your salary cap space. So you're going to need guys on the, the lower end of the salary. Um, so I can see him returning because of that. Um, as far as the regular rotation, he he's earned the right to be considered. That's what he's earned. Um, that will come down to how, how the guys that were playing are playing when they return. So I think he's done enough that if, um, he he'll be ready, but I don't think he I don't think he's done enough to take the spots from the guys that were in there pre-injury. So those guys will get the chance to come back and play. And but what he has done is he's established the trust that it isn't working with these other guys. We can go back to him, and, and that's yeah. kind of sort see sort of how I envision it for him right now. Yeah. As much as I love the RC4 contributions while we're shorthanded, I, we're, we're pretty deep. <laughs> so cracking playoff minutes without some injuries happening, I just think that would be tough. Um, and everyone makes a big deal about saving cash base next year. But like you said, we'll need the low salary death players if we're going to go after the high price players. Um, I think he's more than deserved to be a death piece in this team. And if uh, – someone's injured or not playing well for whatever reason or in foul trouble. I think he's definitely earned the right to be a guy who can be counted on in those situations. Yeah. 
I love what we see from even even Terquavion. He's looked well. He hasn't really gotten that many minutes since campaigns come over. Uh, but yeah, I, I love what I've seen from the, the young guys. Uh, Maury did a good job with uh, this this draft class. Yeah, class. Um, obviously, since it's All Star break, we're going to do our final topics here. Uh, All Star break, no game pick. So we're going to do our we're going to make some All Star festivities uh, predictions. Um, so we'll begin with the uh, the skills challenge. Um, so we have, uh, there's what three teams here on the skills challenge competition. Mm-hmm. So you have uh, team top picks, so that's uh, Banchero, Edwards, and Wemby. You have team all stars, Scotty Barnes, Tyrese Maxey, and Trey Young. Then you have team Pacers, Halliburton, Ma- uh, Matherin, and uh, Miles Turner. Um, who do you guys think wins the skills challenge between those three teams? Um, hmm. Uh, I'll take um, I'll take Team All Stars. Yeah, I'm going. I'm betting Team All Stars as well. Well, I'll take my pick then. I'll take (laughs) Team Top. I'll take Team Top picks. I don't want to take the same ones you. (laughs) It's it's interesting that Team Top picks is the highest odds to win, actually, because. You know, I guess because the the name Wemby in there, but look at Team All Stars. I mean, Barnes, Maxi, Young, they have the speed, um, the passing, dribbling aspect. They have two like point guards in their team, and Barnes averages like six assists a game. So yeah, that's I would seem like they'd be the the favorite. I would if I was a betting man, which I am time to time, uh, I would bet on Team All Stars. Yeah, I've already placed my bet on Team All Stars, so <laughs> I've already had my money tied to this one. <laughs> um, okay, so we have a three point contest. So with this one, we actually have uh, one returning champ coming to this one uh, in Carl uh, Anthony Towns uh, in this um, three point contest. But he, he's not he's not the defending champ, but he's the only one on this list who's already won one. Uh, so we got uh, Tyrese Halliburton, uh, Trey Young, uh, Beasley, Brunson, Carl Anthony Towns, Markinen, and Donovan Mitchell. Who is your uh, who's your guy on this one? I'll pick Halliburton and Towns. Halliburton wins it. Home crowd. I uh, yeah. He's the odds-on favorite too. Who you got in this one, Marcus? I'll go Markinen. I think um, something about that. He's, he's also a good line too, plus eight hundred. Uh, yep. So he's his second second uh, lowest odds here to win this whole thing. So and I think you know uh, I, I think. Mark is gonna win. We've seen the, the bigs win this before. Towns has proven that. So I think Mark and he comes in and uh, wins this one. I'm going Beasley. Uh, I believe he still has the highest percentage from the corners. Um, Three-point shooting. Yeah, I think he pulls it out. Middle of the road odds, plus 650. Yeah. Not bad. Probably are, are, you got, on the list. are you guys going to place bets on these on these picks or no? On uh, on probably the all sort, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a crapshoot on Beasley. Yeah, they, they, they're, they're fun to bet on, but yeah, they're all they're all crapshoots. Yeah, I, yeah, also, I think the uh, what's the uh, Steph Steph's going against um, the WNBA player, I, I can't pronounce her last name, um, but that that's going on as well this weekend. Um, oh, okay, is it okay? Yeah, that's a little different rules though, D- different, so it wouldn't surprise oh. me if she wins. Are they? What? What was? What's the rule difference? I mean, she's shooting with her ball and from her line. 
Oh, okay. okay. Oh, really? Oh, okay. I, I, I thought I heard right that she was going to be using the uh, NBA ball. I don't know. I mean, I don't know why she, she would. Yeah. I, I would stick. I would, I would stick with my ball. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like a medicine ball for her. She can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So last festival, well, second to last festivities. Uh, you got the dunk contest. So this year we actually have like a like a big time star in this one, Jalen Brown. Uh, you got Jaime Jaquez, Mac McClung, and Jacob Toppin in this one. Who do you guys have in uh, the dunk contest? Uh, I'll take Toppin. Who knows? Lowers odds. I'll take him. All right. McClung is easy. Um, is McClung even on the roster? Did the ma- I think the Magic might have pulled him up by now. I don't, know, I don't know. The last I saw, they still listed his um, G League team. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. They couldn't pull him up for this? Yeah. There's um, no need, no. Yeah. yeah. I you got I I have to if I'm gonna bet on this I'm gonna definitely bet on McClung. It just this is like his Super Bowl man. He's been preparing for this all season. This is it. <laughs> like this is it for him. I'm going with the star in this one. I'm going Jalen Brown. I think uh, the NBA is gonna want more stars to compete in this. I think even if he has like mediocre dunks, they're gonna give him they're gonna give him good ratings on this one because they want more stars to come compete in this one. And I think if he flops, they might. It might, might might hurt them as far as getting attracting more stars in the future. So I think Brown wins this one, and it'll be, it would be a good uh, finals between him and McClung. I'm going to think on this. But McClung was like that was one of the most entertaining ones in a long time, and that wasn't really a star driven, right? No, like people are, people are watching this to see McClung. Dunk. Yeah, I mean he did dunks that he had he he did dunks that he had been doing for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they like they had him. He had videos of all his dunks. That he did in yeah. there, so that's where it was different. He just did it on that stage. Yeah. Now I think Brown's going to bring some kind of you know a little star power to this one. Right, you're doing the star thing, all right? I, I really am into the star thing on this one. Really, <laughs> you think the script's written for stars, huh? I think yeah. so. I think they want. I think they want more guys like Jalen Brown. I think they even paid him a good good chunk to even be in this. Did they really? I think so. I think I read somewhere oh, about gosh. that. We'll see. Um, yeah, okay, so the, the, the last uh, is obviously the All-Star game. You got East versus West, some little throwback action of the All-Star games where the uh, two conferences will go get, against each other. The West is favored by three points in this one. Who do you guys have? In this I'm East always an East guy. You don't even have to ask me anymore. I'm always pulling for East. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, I got East too. Although I'm pulling for East, I think the West is going to win. Okay, that's why you're a betting guy. <laughs> yeah. Got the heart in the head. Um yeah. especially with the injury to Embiid. I just think they'll have too much in that game. You're on you're on the East Court though. You're in you're in Indiana territory though, man. So it is it's a home court game for the East. Home court game for the East. <laughs> yeah. One the one all-star in that game who's gonna be in home court. Everyone else has got to travel. It's, good, it's gonna be it's gonna be packed with the Eastern Conference fans in there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. I think I think it's a collection of a lot of like celebrities and people who aren't you know really have no ties to East West. Yeah, they just so. want a good game. They just want a fun game. Yeah, and hopefully it's that. Um, all right, guys. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed the episode. We hope you guys enjoy All Star Weekend and maybe you know maybe some, take our picks and advice for some of these uh, these uh, festivities this weekend. But yeah, we hope you guys enjoy three board contest and slam dunk contest, and we'll see you guys Tuesday as we prepare for the second half of the season and this 
next uh, four games out of uh, six nights uh, next week. So that's gonna be a, it's gonna be a doozy for the, for the fellas. But hope you guys enjoy the weekend. See you, fellas. Later on, guys. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.